Good. So I don't know, you know, it might just be me, but, but sometimes I, I get a little bit frustrated and I get down with myself. And I, and I kind of, I forget what the big idea is with like faith and Jesus and church, because sometimes it's, it's hard. In the world we live in, the pressures that we face, man, sometimes it's just hard to get up on a Sunday and come to church. You might find that shocking as a revelation, as a confession from a pastor, but sometimes I struggle to get up on a Sunday morning and come to, the angels don't lift me out of bed and, you know, it's not like all shining, it's sometimes those sheets, they hold on to you and they like, they pull you down and the devil whispers these things in your head and he, and it, it so I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just me, but, but sometimes I get distracted by like the busyness of life and and things that are going on, and I, and I lose sight of the end goal. And I kind of often ask myself, what's the point? Like, why am I doing this? This is hard. This is not easy. To stand up in a world and, and to run your business in a way that is godly, man, it's hard. To stand up and to raise your kids in a way that is godly and says, no, no, I'm going to do it the way the Bible teaches not the way the modern psychologists or the world or the, the latest fad is. I'm going to do it in the way that the word, man, it's hard. To live a marriage in that way, to, to just to do things in God's way, sometimes it's hard. And if we, if we, lose, if we lose sight of the, of the end point, of the big point of like, what's the point of this? We can get down, we can get distracted, and we can be, just lose our way. We can actually give up walking in a way that follows Jesus. And if, you, if you're unsure, I've just went through and made a list of some things that I've noticed in my life are symptoms of losing sight of the end goal. And the first one is a lack of clear direction. Like kind of, I just, I just wander through life. Like I just let life happen to me. I just like get up, go through the motions and just, you know, you just kind of take it as it comes. Oh, well, what the hell does today hold for me? And you just kind of wander through life without any real purpose. Sometimes it's searching for meaning, searching for my own goals. You look within, like, what do I want? What am I going to need? Maybe it's an emptiness. You just feel like, man, I'm just a clanging gong. Like, this thing is, my life is just empty. The, everything I do is meaningless. Maybe it's a frustration. You don't even know why. You just sit with this angst. You're like, I'm just frustrated with everything. Kick the dog. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, whatever it might be, you've just got this... this this raging frustration inside of you. Maybe it's a lack of motivation. You honestly just don't feel like getting up, going, doing anything. Even sometimes for the most basic of life's tasks. Maybe there's just a, a negativity about you or a, just a growing cynicism towards the world and everything we face. And, and for me, those are all signs and symptoms that I've lost focus of the big thing, of the main goal, of the point, of knowing my why, of, of what are we doing here? And the only way out of this that I've found is to realign, to refocus, and to remind myself of the point. So, by analogy, if I were to show you, to present you with an apple tree, and ask you, what is the point of an apple tree? What would you say? To produce apples. Most people would say to produce apples, but you're wrong. Because, and I'll tell you why, what that shows is that you know, most of us, we're so wound up and we so naturally think in a consumeristic way, we go, 
what can that tree give me? What is the point of that tree? What, what can I get out of that tree? To be fair, most apple trees are grown for their apples. But that's not the point of apple trees as they were designed. We ask ourselves, the point must be to give me something. See, we, we assign value to things by assessing what they can produce. But the point of an apple tree is not to be fruitful. The fruit is a means to an end. It's good. Apples are great. We enjoy them. An apple a day is good for you. And it's beautiful to behold sometimes. Even like a, a nice shiny green apple. Look, it's a good looking thing. Red ones look good, but they don't taste so good. <laughs> but for many of us, we view our walk with God and our following of Jesus like an apple tree. We want to, we, the, we being the apple tree, we want to grow, we want to produce fruit, we want to be a productive Christian, whatever that means. And, and honestly, this is not a new condition. Humans, we've been making this same mistake for many, many years. The apostles made the same mistake. Now, they had lived and worked, walked with Jesus. So in the flesh, they got his teaching day and night, laughed and joked on the road, saw the miracles. You can, in Acts chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, we see this. So Luke writing his second volume is Acts. He's telling the story of Jesus. And what's happened in Acts chapter 1 is that Jesus has been crucified and he's risen. He's, he's resurrected. He's not risen into heaven, but he's been resurrected from the dead and he's appearing to people. So he's around and he's there. So Acts chapter 1, verses 6 and 7 the disciples come to Jesus and says, Then they, the disciples, gathered around him, that's the risen Christ, and they asked him, the resurrected Christ, sorry. He said, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? So they then, they're asking Jesus, they're still on this thing. So Jesus has been crucified, he's died, he's resurrected from the dead. And they're like, right, are we now going to start being productive? Are we now going to start producing fruit? Are we now going to have this, this moment where we're starting to see some apples? We've been, we've been with you for a while. We've held on to the end. And like even past that, and are we now going to see some apples? And Jesus says to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You see, for us, friends, the point of our lives is not to produce fruit. The producing of spiritual fruit is good, it's right, it's necessary, and it's a great byproduct of walking with Jesus. But it's a means to an end. It's not the end in itself. And in the same way, for us as a local church, the point is not only to produce fruit. Now, in a local church, for us together as believers, that producing of fruit may look like new people coming into church, more people coming into church, more people coming to faith in Jesus, people getting saved. It may look like us having influence into local government. It may look like us having businesses that you run that are more kingdom focused and you've got a, a mindset in your business that this, is an, that this is for Jesus. We have lives that are changed, marriages that are healed, relationships that are restored, and the faithful growing in our maturity and our apprenticeship to Jesus. And those are good things. Those are things we, we want to see happen, but they're not the point. They're not the end point. These are the fruit that a local church produces. So if the fruit of an apple tree is not the point of an apple tree, have you figured out yet what the point is? The point of an apple tree is to make more apple trees. What is contained inside that fruit is seed that will produce more apple trees. The point for us 
is to reproduce who we are, Jesus in us, through us. As a local church, it is to reproduce. It is not simply for us to grow. You see, if we focus on the fruit, if we focus on, on just the stuff, like I want to be better, it's a, it's a navel-gazing, me-focused faith that we have. But when we focus on the reproduction, it focuses on what God wants to do through us. The point is not simply to grow. A healthy relationship and following God's pattern is one that reproduces. And it is, if you look, interestingly, Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, it is the first instruction to human beings. Be fruitful and increase in number. It's the first instruction God gives man and woman. Before he says, don't eat this, don't do that. Be fruitful and increase. Incredible, eh? Reproduction. In the same way, a local church should, re should reproduce as well. But you see, the, the difficult thing with reproduction is that you can't organize it. It's, <laughs> it's very difficult to organize reproduction. Reproduction is far more organic than it is organized. Their life is a difficult thing to try and organize because it's, it's intangible. It grows. You see, when we, when we try to, to organize too much, especially of church life, it's generally because we want, to, we want to be in control. We don't want to allow the Holy Spirit to be in control. Now, it's a fine balance. We don't want to be disorganized and just chaotic. God says, I'm a God of order and not of chaos. But that doesn't mean we over-organize and out-plan God in controlling how we run things and do things. Much of the symbolism um, of the life which the Holy Spirit brings, if we look throughout Scripture, the references to how the Holy Spirit operates, that's the, the move and the, the action of God with us, Himself very present with us, is it says, the Word says things like, the wind blows where it will. Rain falls where God sends it. God gives us a picture of wine and a wineskin, and that's an organic thing. It's a growing, it's a moving, shifting thing. It's a pic he often depicts it as rivers that flow and bring life. You see, only God controls life. Dudley Daniel puts it like this. He says, God wants to remain in control all the time. He will not settle for anything less than abundantly fruitful, organic life for his church. And that is such a comforting thing. That God is God and I am not. Let's let him be in control of life and everything that we do. And this, honestly, this is the pattern that we see in New Testament Christianity. This is what it means to live and to practice what we would call an apostolic faith. So that might be a strange word if you're not used to church. And it might be if you've been in a traditional church it might, or another kind of thing. It might be a bit weird, that word apostolic. But what it means is it means one who is sent. So there's different ways the word is applied, but it, an, an apostle is someone who's sent, someone who is sent out with a message, kind of like an ambassador. You know, as, an, as a country, we send ambassadors to other countries. So they are sent as representatives of South Africa to another country to go there and to go, okay, you go and be South African in that country. You go and represent our interests in that place. You go and talk to that government and you tell them what we want and how it operates and, and and you negotiate, so you are sent by us there. That's, that's the, what it, uh, the best symbolism that we have in modern day for an apostle. We've turned it into, unfortunately, some of the churches turned it into a title and a thing that means that you're more important than other people. 
It's not. There were the original apostles, and they functioned differently to how we see the apostolic functioning now. So we live an apostolic Christianity. It's a sent Christianity. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, just after what Jesus had said to them, he said in there, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and to the ends of the earth. You will go. That's a going thing. We live in a going Christianity, not a, not a sitting in a gathering. It's not, it is gathering, but it's gathering so that we can go. Most of your week is spent out there. Most of your week is spent in the going. And it's this apostolic heart that brought this very community into being. Do you know that? This local church was brought into being because of that apostolic nature. Because someone from another church said, hey, we need to reproduce something a bit further north. Go into the deepest, darkest lands of Zululand. Even further than in Panjanar. And go and explore what's there. And that's why we live here. That's why we get to enjoy this today. Because of that apostolic heart. That advancing of the kingdom. Both in our time and in our generation. So Dudley Daniel kind of gives us three M's. He's got a whole lot of M's, but I just I found three that are applicable for us and, and are relevant for us. And we're going to look at those of, of how do we live this point out. If we're going to be a church that not only bears fruit, but a church that... Re, you've got to bear fruit in order to reproduce. Yeah? Don't hear me say... Don't hear what I'm not saying. We shouldn't, it's not, I'm not saying we shouldn't bear fruit. We've got to bear fruit in order to reproduce, but bearing fruit is not the point. So how do we live that out? What does that look like? Three M's. And the first one is the means of the church. And what that means is a radical new type of believer. So a radical new type of believer. And I say radical because it shouldn't be. It should be a normal new type of believer. But we're going to see it as radical. And it's someone who has a complete focus on Jesus. We align ourselves with the teachings of Jesus, not with the teachings of our culture or of modern psychology. We align ourselves with his example, with how he demonstrated his walk on earth, the things he instructed us to do. And the way we do this, the way we live out this discipleship is we do it in relationship with him. It's not a cold, factual thing that we can just read about. It's a day in, day out walking a growing and getting to know him. We, do, we, we, we can put in, in place things like spiritual practices and spiritual disciplines which are, are simply activities and things that we do that help us be with Jesus. They're not checkboxes that we can fill out so that we, man, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I'm a good Christian. They're things that we do where we go, hey, all right, this is going to help bring me closer to Jesus in a way. Prayer, reading the word, fasting, silence and solitude, um, suffering, coming to church. Those are things that are spiritual disciplines that we can put in practice in our lives to build our relationship with Jesus. We share the gospel in every opportunity possible. We've spoken about that a lot over the last two weeks. But, but just as a thing, Romans 10, 17 says this. It says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Never ever diminish the power that your testimony has, that your witness has of what God has done for you, and that He is real, and that there is good news. It is not just living a good life. You are not just going to live an example that will show people. We need both. It's, a, it's not an either or. It's a both and. Your words and your actions must line up. But don't neglect preaching the gospel to people. Never neglect speaking that out. 
It is the instruction Jesus gave. It's the, it's the message he gave. He said, every time Jesus came and spoke to people, he said, man, what he did is he demonstrated the kingdom and he spoke about the kingdom of God in those lives. Repent and believe is the message that came. Not invite, not think about, repent, turn around, 180 degrees, change your mind and believe for the kingdom of heaven is near. The second thing that we're going to do to live out the point is look at the model of church. So the way we do church, what is the model of, of church? And there's many, many different kinds of model, but, but what we want is local churches with an apostolic heartbeat, as we said. We endeavor to, to bear fruit, so to be disciples of Jesus, who are actively living out our relationship with him, but also we want to plant churches from our local church. So we don't have a central missions organization that we pay someone else to do it. We want to plant churches. We want to see churches out of this church. People go and start new churches. That's what we want to see. That's the apostolic heartbeat. If we're going to reach the lost, if we're going to reach the nations, man, we need more local churches. 38 million churches are in the world today. 8 billion people. Either the churches need to get a lot fuller or there need to be a lot more churches. That's not nearly enough churches for the people. 38 to 8,000. That's the difference. It's a big difference. So how are we going to do this? How are we going to model the church? How are we going to model this apostolic heartbeat of church? Well, the first way we do it is through training, through teaching, through preaching, through our small groups, through training people. What is it like? Giving people exposure, saying, hey, you feel called to do this? All right, come. Let's help you. Get involved in whatever. Prayer meetings, kids ministry, worship. Let's get you involved. And we want to make that open. If you feel called, if you feel that there's something in you on that, come and speak to us. We'll make space for you. We do this also through partnering with other like-minded churches. So we partner with churches that also carry that apostolic heartbeat. We do it through giving to the apostolic. Some of you may not know, but this church gives to apostolic work. We give beyond our own local church to other churches that do apostolic work sometimes or to individuals who are doing that. We do it through surrendering. Here's the key one. We do it through surrendering our lives to the possibility that God would use each and every one of us in an apostolic manner. Not just the crazy guy up front who gets paid to do this, but each and every one of us. Can God use you in an apostolic manner? How can he use you to advance the kingdom, to be the sent one? Now, this is a lot about church, and we understand that, that the church, even though it's the primary agent of God for the kingdom of God on earth, it is not the fullness of the kingdom of God. The church advances the kingdom. The church and the kingdom are two different things. The church is the agent of the kingdom of God. That's you and I. But the kingdom of God is the full extent of God's rule and reign. So those are two different things. And when we come, that's the message we preach, is the good news of the kingdom. It's not the good news of the local church. It's a lot of focus on local church because this is who we are. It's where we are and what we're doing and, and how we're going to do it. But the message and the action is bigger than this local church. It's bigger than us. And that's what we live for, something bigger than ourselves. The third thing, the third M, is the mission of the church. And this we've spoken about. This has been the last two Sundays. If you've missed them, you can stick it. You can go back and watch the YouTube videos. But just in short, our mission is to, is to plant, to partner with, and to empower. 
in making disciples, in, in going out and fulfilling the great commission of Jesus. We want to do this through planting churches. I have not seen a better way of advancing the kingdom of God than planting local churches. We partner with other churches that plant churches and we build up churches in other regions and nations. So churches that are starting up, churches that are next door to us, churches that are just getting going that don't have the resources we do, we partner with them. And we do that by, by traveling to them. So sometimes we're going to travel to churches and we're going to travel to other local churches. And you go, yeah, but how is that apostolic? Well, if you have a read through your New Testament, you'll see that that's what the apostolic did in the New Testament. They went and planted churches, but they also went back and strengthened those churches and encouraged them. That's part of the apostolic work. And so we're going to be doing that. We're going to be traveling to other churches and resourcing them as well. We train them, inspire them through our service. You know, one of the things I struggled with early on was that we were going up into, into Africa and, and I was being asked, as a person who'd been saved sort of a year, two years, I was being asked to teach pastors who'd been leading a church 20 years. I was just going, man, I've got no idea. And so there were some things wrong with that model. Fortunately, we've learned from those mistakes. And so what we do is we go and we inspire through service and we go, hey, this is what we've got. Can we give it to you? And it's a different heart and it's a different attitude and it has far more fruit on it. So that's another way that we're going to fulfill the mission of the church. And then obviously, just to make it clear, is that we give financially to church plants. It costs money to plant churches. You've got to hire a venue. Sometimes you need equipment, chairs. You need a building. You need a property. Hey, man, sometimes it's nice to have a guy who's planting a church to be able to say to him, man, we're going to cover your salary for the first year. You know what freedom that brings into that place? So all the while that this happens, these three M's, all the while the message that gets preached is the good news of the kingdom of God. We want to, we want to look with this apostolic heart. And I want you to read, maybe read through some of your New Testament, maybe Acts, carry on reading through the book of Acts this week. It's 28 chapters, you read four chapters a day, you've done it in a week. It's nice and easy. Four chapters of Acts is not that much. Maybe 15 minutes. 15 minutes a day you get through the book of Acts in this week. You read that with an apostolic lens and go, man, let's see how God is sending people out, sending people out all the time. Acts 1, Jesus comes, it's obvious, the command. And then we see a whole lot of stuff happening in Jerusalem. It goes on, then there's persecution. Acts 8, verse 1, persecution breaks out and the church is scattered throughout the region. So what, whatever means God uses to send people out and scatter them out, See it with an apostolic lens. That's the heartbeat I want to engender with us. That's the point that we come to this morning. That's the point of what we're doing. Not just to bear fruit. Not just to get up and go through the grind. And man, how do I look like a good Christian? What do I need to be today? How many read and pray and okay, I go. No, we live for something that's alive, that's organic. We live for a God who is anxious. and well, It's maybe the wrong word, but who is keen for, for us. To take his message of the good news of the kingdom out to other nations. It is the very presence of God we seek. It is the person of God that we want to be with. We don't want to see the results of his presence. We don't want to seek the results of his presence. We want his presence with us. If he comes in our midst and we see zero results... We can be happy. We can be fulfilled because we've got God himself 
So often we want the feeling and the tingly and the emotions. But those are the results. Those are the, that's the fruit. That's not the point. So let us restore what is most important in our lives, and that is the presence of God. Once we have that, once we, once we focus on that, once we keep our alignment focused on the presence of God with us, then we will be able to answer that question. What's the point? What's the point of me getting up every morning and facing this world and living in a way that is so contrary? Living in a way that swims upstream. There's a great prophetic picture this church was given. And if you, if you want to go and have a look in my office, it's the last door on that building. You can just open the door and you can see it. And it's a picture of a salmon. And it was a prophetic picture this church was given many, many years ago. And it just, on the bottom corner, it says upstream. And it was that we are going to be a church that swims upstream. Meaning that we are going to go against the current on some things. And so that's how we are going to live, friends. We're not going to live in a way that just simply keeps our head down and goes with the flow and just nice and neat. No, no. We're going to be a church that lives with an apostolic heartbeat. That takes the gospel to the nations and advances the kingdom. That's the point of our Christianity. That's the point of what we're doing here, is to plant more churches and to see the kingdom advance. Are you with me?